All right. And here we go. We back again. Uh, I'm Spencer. Of course, we have our licensed clinical therapist, Nazir. Oh, shit, that's me. Yeah, you jackass. Jesus, did been doing this how many times? Yeah. And of course, we have our special guest for today, Serena. <laughs> there you go. Damn. That's her. I know her. Yes. And this is the Different Spectrums podcast, where we talk about movies, shows, and mental health. We also try to have some fun, try to have some laughs. So don't really? take us too seriously. Or do. Whatever. And then just turn don't it off. Forget, no, don't forget to run up those likes as well. We'd really appreciate it. Also, subscribe to our channel, <laughs> buy our merch, and do all the other stuff that will make us more money. Yes, please stare at us. Stare into our yes, souls. look. Keep on looking. So, today we are going to be talking about the movie Ready Player One. I know him. Do you? Yep. What's his name? Bobby. There you go. You were correct. <laughs> and uh, so, we're going to be talking about two scenes. One... Being where um, Wade finally gets the golden egg. He finally gets it. So for this movie, it's all about trying to find the last Easter egg. And if you don't know what Easter egg is, yep, it's just Pikachu. Um, an Easter egg in a video game or in any other media is just like a little... I guess it's like a little hint to like something else, right? It's, um, it's for example, it's like if I play a game and then they have like a little cereal box and it has like Madden NFL on it. Technically, that's an Easter egg, right? So um, he's trying to find that. And then if you get that, you get ownership of the whole game. Yes, yes, magical. Um, so for this, and then also for the second scene, we're going to be, um, it's at the end of the end end of the movie where he finally, you know, gets power over, um, the game and, um, they got rid of like the big corporations that were controlling it and they made sure that people would actually, you know, not play the game on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that, you know, people can have a nice reality in reality. But Yeah, I know. Gross. Um, some topics we're going to be talking about leaving reality and having your inner child. Your inner child. Also, surprisingly, we're going to be talking about autism. <laughs> Big surprise there. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> some of these motherfuckers are autistic. You don't say. I don't know what you went for with that. It was like Bubba Gump if he was a cookie man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I tried to put my hand on my hip, but all I did was jab my rib. So nice, nice. Nazir, anything before we get into the clips? Now my side boob hurts. Now, uh, <laughs> now of course, uh, much appreciation for everyone that watches. Remember Mondays, me and Spence. Thursdays are now live and hot with our special guests. So that's when we bring it on people from now on. Is is Thursdays. Uh, continue to watch, continue to subscribe, continue to like, leave comments. As Spencer always says, please leave a comment below. Do it. Okay. Uh, after a quick ad, we'll get into everything that Spencer said. You wrapped it up pretty well. Um, we're going to do a little bit 
longer of an intro of what the show's about and what we're breaking down. And then we got tons of metaphors and tons of different things to look at. And we're going to talk about some deep stories about inner children, the inner child, the young one. The one that's Anything still innocent. That? Yeah. Keep yeah. Yep. The little one. Yep. I'm going to see my, my head keep going down. All right. I'm done. Enjoy the ad. I'm crack chicken. Not like you have a neck anyways. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Now you just sign these papers and the oasis is yours. You will be its sole proprietor. That ain't so bad, is it? This is wrong. This pen, this contract. This is the moment that Halliday made Morrill sign over his shares in Gregarious. That was the biggest mistake of his life. He knew that. This can't be the end. I won't make the same mistake you did. Oh, good. I just needed to be sure. where you grew up. Oh, that's just me, a long time ago. I like to have him around from time to time. Hey, I have to show you something. This, it, come on, this is the button. If you push it, the whole simulation shuts down and a tapeworm program will erase all of the backup servers, so you now have the power to turn the Oasis off forever. You understand? Yeah, try, try, try not to accidentally erase the whole of the Oasis on your first day. Well, I expect you have to go. I know I do. So now is the time for you to receive your prize because you won all three keys. Once you take this egg, the game will be over. The egg. The egg. I, I created the Oasis because I never felt at home in the real world. I just didn't know how to connect with the people there. I was afraid for all of my life. Right up until the day I knew my life was ending. And that, that was when I realized that as terrifying and painful as reality can be, it's also the, on the only place that you can get a decent meal. Because reality 
is real. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Yes, I do. He did it. He got the egg. Hooray. Mr. Halliday, something I don't understand. You're not an avatar, are you? No. Is Halliday really dead? Yes. Then what are you? Goodbye, Parsifal. Thanks. Thanks for playing my game. The High Five took over the Oasis, and the first thing we did was sign Ogden Morrow to a non-exclusive consultancy. The salary, per his demand, was 25 cents, one quarter. With his guidance, our second move was to ban any loyalty centers from accessing the Oasis. IOI had no choice. They shut them all down. The third thing we did wasn't as popular. We closed the Oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I know it sounds like a weird move, but people need to spend more time in the real world. Because, like Halliday said, reality is the only thing that's real. And with that, we're back. Look at that. It's like we never left. Thought we died, right. but we didn't. <laughs> Awkward now, silence. With that, um, getting into all right. So I'm gonna break down a little bit what the movie um, is all about. If you haven't seen Ready Player One, it's pretty much about this uh, futuristic time where um, this huge video game is um, like the thing. So everybody goes into this virtual reality. Um, and they're trying to find, uh, hints to the end of the game. And so, uh, a big corporation runs the game, uh, but it wasn't actually, um, made by them. So it was actually made by this guy named Anorak. I believe that's his name, Anorak. We'll say it is. Um, and he's this guy who is not social at all, like we saw in the clips. 
and he um, made this huge video game that everyone plays to this day. And um, his friend, Ogden, actually, um, I, I believe, didn't he take the game from him and he sold it off to um, the big corporation? I believe that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's how it went. Or technically, it's still up. Like, no one has it until someone wins the game. So, yeah, no and one they has just it. took until... it over. Yeah, well, they took it over. Technically, they uh, monetized everything because they're the ones that control everything and, like, the visual things and ads. So, they control a lot of stuff. They don't own it until mm -hmm. they win the Easter egg. And that's what gives you ownership. But they've, right. they've controlled and monetized everything because they got all these fucking robots out there doing everything. There you go. I think they're and called so, the 101. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. And um, kind of going through that, then we meet our main protagonist, Wade, who um, is deep into the history of how the game was made and just trying to find each and every Easter egg that he can to get towards actually finding the big Easter egg and actually having ownership of the game. Um, there was this cool battle scene with so many different, uh, trait, like different characters from different movies, shows. Um, it's amazing. It's one of the greatest moments. Godzilla, Gundam, yeah. Gundam Halo. One. The Gundam yeah. one was cool as shit. Yeah. The Gundam one was awesome. Um, yep. yeah. And then they had like Mecha Godzilla and shit. Yep. And then fucking Chucky comes out of nowhere. It was the scariest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool that they had like the villains on one side and then the heroes on the other that was yep. pretty cool yep. um, but yeah and then so um, he finally gets it after all of that and um, he kind of realizes that he doesn't really want to make this game just for himself he kind of wants to make it for everybody Instead of making such like a huge corporate kind of run thing, just trying to make money at every turn. It's all about trying to have like good experiences and just enjoying video games for what they are. And they're just video games. Um, and so with that, he also made sure that um, people would actually shut down the game on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So because I feel like a lot of the times, especially today, people just don't know how to stop playing video games i mean you know it's very addicting i'm a big yep. video game guy play them all the time but at the same time it's once you disconnect yourself from actual reality you get just uh, for me i get like kind of pissy when i'm like like isolated by myself just playing video games all day um you need human interaction so you can actually you know talk to people and you know gain some type of confidence when you actually are outside mm -hmm. like, what is this the sun that's for real but and this metaphor is not just video game it's also just you know social media internet browsing well sure. whenever you're plugged into we'll use the metaverse when you're plugged yeah. into this metaverse i mean that's pretty much what this game is all about and like shit meta facebook and all that damn near almost made this happen which it still could happen with bitcoin and and all the yeah. algorithms and all that. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh, but that future might be coming sooner than what we think. Oh, yeah. I mean, virtual reality is getting bigger and bigger mm -hmm. every day. So, yep. I mean, 
don't know. Planning to meet All my right. wife. It's just gonna be a, it's gonna be another big guy and be like, all right, let's just do this, man. Let's just. You like pizza? I can't even have pizza anymore. You like buttered noodles? Oh With parmesan in it? No, I can't do parmesan, dog. Can't yeah, do parmesan. Just, just butter. Yeah. <laughs> just butter. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So, Nas, I actually want to get you. Where are some things I'm missing? Because it has been a while since I've seen Ready Player One. Where okay. are some things I'm missing from? Uh man, summer? that was. That was a lot of it there, um, right? It's this evil, rich dude trying to take over everything, monetize everything, enslave everyone. That's the biggest thing to the thing is that they're enslaving everyone at these centers. Um, uh, one of the actors, what's the woman's name that he falls in love with, a girlfriend? Samantha. Artem- Samantha? Or Arden, yeah. Artemis slash Samantha. Artemis. Uh, her father dies at one of these uh, enslavement centers. Um, and so that's why she's going against the right the status quo. He's just trying to win it to win it because he's a fanatic of 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 the guy that created the, uh, the creator. So it's just his thing. He knows everything, everything about everything. He goes to his movie theater all the time. He knows everything. He's the one that solves all of it. <laughs> and so they partner up together. Them and like their squad of like misfits, um, all neurodivergent characters for sure. Um, so right, all these autistic characters are now. Fu- playing in this autistic world, this very creative, immersive world. So I thought it was awesome to break down. This was recommended by my client to watch in 2017. Uh, uh, was schizophrenic young man and a wonderful human. Uh, did not make it through school, but we had many good talks. Um, and then we got them the help that they needed in the time that they needed. Uh, so that, that, this has been on my list since like literally it came out. I think it was 2017, might have been 2018. I think it was 2017. So finally got to it, finally watched it. It was wonderful, all the battle scenes. But the biggest thing was at the very end uh, when Spencer was talking about unplugging, yeah. being more emotionally intimate, more available. I know I get sucked into it too, and it's kind of weird. Like you're on your phone, you're on your phone, you're on your phone. I see one of these sports commentators, uh, Spence, you'll know who it is, uh, Shams. So he's the basketball oh, yeah. guy. Um, yeah. He said that I think he had said he spent like 17 hours a day on his cell phone because that's all he does as a sports reporter and talking. 17 hours is just like holy shit, you never even look up. Um yeah. that's his job though. But but still, um I never used to have this much screen time until the podcast. Now it's like it's nonstop screen time, it's intense. Um, but as we're pulling back from things and making things slower, it's getting better. But that screen time is a son of a gun, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of why we're doing this. The screen time thing, there's the neurodivergent thing. And then we wanted to talk about one specific part. Uh, Serena, we'll kick it off with that. Is something, the Easter egg within the last clip. The Easter egg. Well, the first clip. The child. I add to it, too. Like with Wade, I think he used the oasis a lot as an escape and then so through like the storyline too him gaining wisdom from the experience of the game creator of oh there's more to life than just that screen time or the game and so he also learned that too of oh there are reasons to check back into reality or reality isn't equally important because i think for him it was a big outlet because he had some stuff happening at home too that wasn't great yeah Oh, God, it was horrible. Yeah, I thought that was his mom, but that was his sister, 
Um, and she had a very abusive boyfriend and it was, uh, and then he blew all her money, all her rent money and all that. And then he was beating her and it was, it was, a, it was bad. And then she dies because the rich dudes kill, uh, the abusive boyfriend and her, um, sad story. Uh, Spence, what do you, what do you, what do you thinking? What's the questions? What's the lineup? What is what would you think would be a good plan on how to get people to disconnect from their devices? Now that's a hard thing to really kind of do, first of mm-hmm. all. But like, what would be like some ideas on how to do that for people? Because I feel like, like you said, a lot of people still do that, whether it's on their phone, video games, all that stuff. What would be your advice on how to actually, you know? get them to kind of step away or at least for like a short time. Serena, I'll have you go. Okay. I mean, well, here's a total counselor answer, but a lot of times there's, uh, there's an intention behind of like the escapism. So I might even think of like, you know, what are your intentions? What, you know, is it just to fill boredom? Is it that there's something you're actively kind of running from? So, you know, digging a little deeper, but like, is there a reason that you're turning to high amounts of distraction? And so sometimes just identifying of like, well, what what is my intention here? Am I just bored? Okay, well, how can I branch out in different ways so that I can engage with reality and, and also address this boredom? Or is there something deeper? Is there emotional component? Is, you know, there's something I'm trying to avoid that I don't want to deal with? Um, so that would be my first step. And then it's like, you just got to hold yourself accountable. I mean, I have clients that will straight up, they put things on their phone intentionally that will boot them off and be like, all right, you got to take 30 minutes and, you know, check into reality. So I think it's just holding yourself accountable and, and then also kind of connecting with yourself too of, okay, wait, what other things do I want to do? What hobbies, what interests do I have? Who am I outside of? you know, these distractions and social media. For sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, there are apps. So you can put different apps, to, or even on Instagram, you can give it to where it gives you a timeout. Uh, you can have things like deactivated at a certain time. So like even my phone, I think if I set it on a certain setting, it'll turn everything like black and white to make it less stimulating and give you less dopamine and serotonin effect. And then it can silence everything after 10, 11, 12, and then doesn't really start giving you notifications until later. Uh, it can like immobilize your phone as well. Um, I forgot what it's called on my phone, but there is a button to set it. Uh, the apps I've done with some students, with some students, dude, I just had them take, take certain apps off the phone. So like my nephew uh, that is now a lawyer, uh, thank God he's finally a lawyer. Um, I'm like, fuck, kid's never going to get out of school. <laughs> uh he would go straight LeBron James, zero dark 30, he calls it. Playoff time, he gets off all social media LeBron, and then that's it. Like, he's just grinding, doing his thing, playing the game. Uh, so my nephew would do the same thing. Whenever school was started back up, that's it. All the social medias were deleted off of his phone, and then he would only put them back on for maybe like a few hours on a weekend, but you wouldn't, you'd wouldn't. you send him a message, you wouldn't hear back from it for like two, three months. But he knew he had to do that. So sometimes Spence, uh, within the last few years, not necessarily this year, um, I'll shoot Spence like 20 reels at a time. That's majority of them are from my nephew because he'll send me like 50 at a time. 
At one point in time, I was 65 reels behind. Jesus. I was just, he's only been back on it for like, like maybe a week. And I was 25 reels behind just from a week. Uh, so when after he goes on a binge and he did, right, he just sends them off to all his friends, right? There's a couple of us and, but he knows he gets addicted. And so he'll just take it off his damn phone. So he doesn't have that challenge. So he, cause he's got to grind and read. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's ways to slow it down, Spence. Uh, there's ways to track at your screen time. My phone gives me a screen time every week. It's like you were on your phone one more hour than you were last week. I was like, yeah, fuck you. Why are you watching me? Please don't. Yeah. I heard the last part there. You faded a little bit, but yeah, please don't like, please don't acknowledge me. Um, uh, so there's that. I think Sabrina said the biggest thing is avoidance uh, straight up. Right. People aren't assimilated into real life, and thus this is a way to leave, to get excitement. Uh, some of my students, I don't really care, though, because that's where they make their friends. And they got a tons of online community. They're on Discord. So this guy's pros and his cons, Spence. Uh, depends mm-hmm. on if it's getting away into our daily activities. Right. Is it causing anger, rage, dissociations? Can you not talk to other people? Can you not talk to women because you haven't been socialized to talk to any? Um, just depends. So harm reduction model in which you work with addicts is the same way which we would do this. So Serena was completely right. After you figure out why they're doing it, harm reduction, get them in the real world, work on social anxiety because it's going to be an issue. Um, yes. Also, they're probably going to have a drastic decrease in like dopamine. Uh, so we're going to need to increase that with other things such as exercise, mm-hmm. uh, communication, food, like there needs to they will have to have more stimuli. Maybe we can get them to fucking read a book. Uh, I'll say one more thing, then I'll be I'll wrap it up here. I know for me is when I go back to try to read, after like a long time of not reading, I'm like, oh, I read this shit like seven times. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I just read. Uh, <laughs> it, like, it's impossible. Like, I'll read one page and be like, whoo! Oh, Lord and Lord! Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus Christ. Christ, man. Every time. I'm sorry. Why does it have to be a slave every time? Why has it got to be a slave? You know it is. Don't try to act all surprised and shit. Lordy, lordy, master. Oh, my God. You took it. I can't read, master. I don't understand. I did not go there, man. Oh, but your slavery shit. Oh, my God. I literally went to Southern. Southern. That was slave southern if I ever heard it. Jesus Christ, like Lord have mercy. Uh just for point of you know, Spence is Spence is black, so he can say these things. I'm not saying these things. I'm not saying these things, Spence you can got say your these diversity things. over here. Yeah. Yeah, I've been invited to the cookout. I'm still not saying that stuff. Uh, all right, motherfucker. You you already you're not in Texas yet. All right. Yeah, I know. Um I don't even know what the hell it's talking about. Oh, yeah. It's just so hard to read. My God. It's like I'm going to try back getting into reading, reading. Um, after this program's done in a couple of weeks, I'll be done with a doctorate. And I got some um, thousands of books I got to read. I'm going to read one of those fucking pages. And I'm going to take a nap. I already know. But we'll see what happens. But getting sucked into the real world is sometimes weird. Mm. It's weird. When is my mic working? 
It is. The working normal. Yep. Okay. Do you ever, sometimes I'll challenge myself. I get so used to carrying my phone around. Do you ever try to just set it down and not touch it like during a social interaction or like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing. And I'm, I'm not going to look at my phone. I find so like if I'm just sitting with someone like out at dinner, I'll just instinctively start to like touch it or I'll pick it up. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Like it's hard to actually, you know, or a moment of silence. You get so, you know, used to always going to that as soon as there's a, a moment of silence. Yeah. I'll let Sven speak on this because he's actually got a little bit of a different perspective. Do I? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I mean, when you're with your partner, when you're with your oh, partner, yeah. I know it's different. When I'm with Dom. Yeah. My girlfriend, it's always like, we never, we never are on our phones when we're like hanging out or anything. Um, Cause we always try to, I don't know why, like we never really set boundaries like that. We just instantly did it. Like we just don't get distracted by our phones. Like, you know, sometimes if we have like, you know, a message or a call, we'll answer it. Or if like one of us go to the bathroom or something, we'll just like answer a text or something real quick. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we just just usually make sure to spend our time, you know, like connecting with each other rather than just being on our phones and, you know, being like, <laughs> right, you know. Um, but yeah, and then we're usually distracted by like movies or shows that we're watching too. Um, so it's all in that really. I mean, it, there was yeah, like we never really discussed that like openly. We just did it, and yeah, it's been yep. good ever since. So yeah, we talked about it on the pod before, and then so like, uh, like if he doesn't respond to something, I'm like, well, he must be with Dom. Piece yeah, of that's shit. Right. Yeah. That's right. Get jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I fucking like the video I sent you. Damn. <laughs> look, at, uh, look at what I sent. <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> you just can't stop. You can't. Maybe that's your addiction. Yeah, slow that down, buddy. I like the voices. Um, but other than that, we I know that me and Spence will be on our phones. Like, we're vibing, chilling. Like, we're on our phones a good amount of time. Uh, yeah. I... We'll get that phantom touch. Like, I'll be laying in my bed. That sounds weird, right? I don't know. The phantom touch. What the fuck are you talking about? Someone that touched me now. I got a little, oh. a little, a little pat on the head. Wait a minute. <laughs> I, I just did the voices in my head this time instead of saying anything. Thank um, God. <laughs> There's a Winnie the Pooh one. I can get away with that. Um, like, I'll be laying in my bed. Like I'll wake up and be like, "Yeah, let me go ahead and let me just let me touch it. <laughs> like, let me. Is there any notifications? Any uh, email? I'm like, it's three in the morning. No one fucking emailed me at three in the morning. Yeah, I know. I feel that. Who's texting me at four in the morning? Yeah, it's like a hey, just checking on you. Yeah, I'm <laughs> just checking on you. I can see you outside your window. Oh my god! Um, that's a thing that I do quite often that I hate. I know as soon as I wake up in the morning now, I'm so anxious because I run this little business in Michigan, and so I'm so anxious that the people are going to call in, uh, which is fine. But like they'll do it like ten minutes beforehand, and then it's hard for me to get things shut down. So like now I'm like, yeah, uh, I can't wait to sell this thing, and get rid of it. That way I can just like sleep like a normal person again. Um, All right. 
But yeah, otherwise, I'm really not too worried about other emails. I will know that since the pod started, I has increased me checking it because I want to see all the likes and subscribes and all that. I'm like, yes, unlimited power. Um, so that's the thing. I don't know why y'all are addicted to it, but I know that the podcast has increased my screen time. Yeah. I need the likes. I need them. Yeah. Unlimited power. Get in my belly. All right, fat bastard. Uh, <laughs> so kind of going along with the scene, um, what would you say? Um, so Serena brought this up, like kind of the, when he started crying with the finally gets the golden egg, finally gets it, he gets it. So what would you say is your perspective on um, why he was crying? Like, was it just like the sheer look of it? Or was it more of just the fact like, I finally did it. I finally cracked the code. Um, what do you think? Anyone? It's a combination. I mean, he spent so much of his time. The whole movie is him trying to figure this out. And then I think all the feelings wrapped into one. I mean... It's such a sweet movie. He's doing it with all of his friends. So it's, I think, all the hard work. And then I think the the finale being of, like, this connection and wisdom and it all coming together, even at the very end when he doesn't fall for that very last trick. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think it, the hard work and, and the excitement and, and then being there with all the, the people around him. Yep. Proud just proud like right he he knows everything about this guy he that would be like us in the in this call right now um like the person that we look up to the most the person that we love the most the person that we respect the most the person that we idolize like we put on this pedestal like for this this is that kid's god um Mm -hmm. so when you follow someone like this that's almost like a religion this video game and then you were to live up to that and be almost their equal, uh, to be on the same playing field. Uh, I mean, that's such an accomplishment. You would be so proud of yourself that you have no other choice but to cry. Uh, it would be 50 times more potent than a Olympic medal. right? And people, after they win the Olympics, they win the medals. They break down in tears. They win the championship. They break down in tears. This is for the entire world. Uh, this isn't a sport. And so that will be overwhelming. So your answer, there it is. I talked through it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's overwhelmed. Right. Overwhelmed. Joy. Joyful overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he break down. It happens with a lot of neurodivergent people when they don't know what emotion's going on, but it's like really big and confusing. So when it's really big and confusing, you, most people break down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's overwhelmed, and with that becomes deregulating of emotions. Most people deregulate, and either they get really stoic and isolate, but most folks usually start to get a little panicky and start to cry. Um, yeah. It's the same thing when you put me around certain things and I get super happy, I'll just start to cry. You put me around a violin or someone playing the piano, I'm going to start to cry. There's some type of overwhelming emotion that's getting triggered. I don't know what it is. And I deregulate in a good way. Um, so I would assume that's what it is, Spence. Okay. Uh, you know, some others may not understand it. Like he cries again when he takes off his helmet because like the dudes leaves 
and it's mm-hmm. gone and it's over. Uh, so that I would relate to like, what do you do now? Uh, so I would relate that to Olympic athletes again, when they call it post Olympic letdown. So you've been training for like four years or your entire life, you get your gold medal mm-hmm. and you're like, so do I, do I just go home now? Or what, what do I do? Do I go eat? Do I go eat a chicken chicken now? Like, do we go to Disney world? Like what the fuck do we do? Yeah. Um, and it causes a lot of athletes like legit suicidality Spence. Like they will right. begin to contemplate existence. And when we do that, it gets scary. As we know, mm-hmm. neurodivergent folks on the spectrum contemplate existence much more than neurotypicals. Um, because we're always wondering what's our place, what are we doing, why don't we fit in, what's going on, and thus we get more existential quicker because we don't fit in. Uh, so I know I went a little bit longer on there, but there was multiple things that we can bring up on the tears and crying because now you're overwhelmed because like oh, I don't fuck I don't do I mean I guess I'll go kiss this girl now because like I'm I think I should but you know yeah <laughs> I think that's how you're supposed to do it buddy okay. yeah okay. I don't know he's in the video game so. <laughs> do you like how that feels? I don't know what movie that's from. What that the hell Hell was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll think of it later. Uh Serena. I got a question. Go yeah. for it. The little kid. Uncle, that was your big thing that you pointed out. I didn't really figure out how to tie that out until you caught it immediately. I didn't catch that for like I seen the clip a few times. Uh, what are your thoughts on that kid? Uh, well, that's that's always kind of my area. I tend to love to focus on the kid within. Um, what do I make of it? I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of things you can make of it. One, when he's like, oh, I just like to keep him around. I guess I think of that as I, I always tell clients that I personally believe of like there's always a little kid within. And, and I don't think adults really grow up. I think we get really good at masking, but I think we're ultimately all kids. That's what I've learned. Like, we have moments of wanting to throw tantrums or not knowing what to do. Or I, I see all the time, I'm like, oh, I'm being a kid right here. Or, oh, there's my kid coming out. So for me, it was kind of how I view it of like, oh, our kid is always kind of with us. And him just acknowledging that he's here. The other part makes me actually think of you because this is something you bring up is like attending to that kid or, you know, making sure we stay a kid, do those activities that are fun and lighthearted and sometimes take a break from being an adult and just attend to that kid. But it could be so many different components, even of like, how does that kid impact who I am as an adult now? What did that kid go through? I think he had mentioned kind of in the beginning of, um, I don't know exactly what he said, but something of like, um, that he had a hard time or, yes. or alluded to the fact that he was alone or had a hard time. So to me, it's almost like he's parenting that kid too, of like, you know, I keep him close to me and I, I make sure he's okay. So there's, there's those components too. Facts. Um, Definitely reparenting the kid, being with the kid. I think it's very interesting if you watch the kid, specifically just watch the kid. Very quiet, very reserved, very anxious. He's like, oh, who's that? He's like, that's the kid. And the kid barely looks up and then goes back to the game. Like, barely. As he goes, hey, as he's walking away in the end of the game, Mr., and he says his last name. Um, They both turn. The kid barely does any facial expression, barely looks. 
And then he quietly walks in. Kid doesn't say anything. What kid do you know that doesn't say anything? Most kids usually are a little bit more rambunctious. So there's some neurodivergent traits, obviously, that they're showing. But also very secluded, isolated, alone, possibly depressed. But he also just could have been neurodivergent, having a fucking blast, being alone by himself in the game. Um, yes. Reparenting. I like to get people to feed the kid. Uh, I'm of the belief that, yes, we are all kid. We're all full of joy. And then the world pollutes us. The world damages us. The world turns us mad, evil, angry, depressed. But we're all, like, pretty solid. So, Serena, you've talked about in the pod before, like, you used to be doing this or that or, right, bigger emotions, right, getting into this or that. Well, you know, most likely you wouldn't get into that shit when you was young, young. And then life kind of yeah. takes its turns and it kind of molds you into something that you probably really aren't. And then it takes us some luck, some love, some good relationships, right? Some some magic for some people prayer to get back on the right track. I'm like being happy and being able to express themselves. Um, so I know that was true for you because you're like bubbly as hell. And the kid comes yeah. out quite, quite frequent. Um, Spencer, the kid comes out quite frequent, but he's got to be around certain people as well for it to come out. Yeah. For me, quite frequent, but also I got to be around certain people for it to come out. Um, mm -hmm. So I was talking to some students And I was talking to him and I'm looking at him doing this and that. And, you know, I said, you know, I'm neurodivergent. And so I'm going to unmask in the rest of this thing. I will make jokes to let you all know. Uh, feel free to laugh. Feel free to join me. Feel free to know that I'm going to be ADHD walking around and pacing. I'm not going to make eye contact with this. I'm going to be in my own world while I'm talking to you. So every once in a while I would like look up and I said, uh, young lady, the world will take things from you. It will destroy you and make you hate everything and everyone. You get to choose. Do you join everyone in that misery because they're trying to pull you down? Or do you get to put that away, become better and stronger, set better boundaries? But the world will do everything to kill you. She cried. This is from like 50 people of color. Uh, she said, you remember this. You can stay happy. Or you can choose to be like everyone else, miserable as fuck and angry. A lot of us of color don't even know why we're angry. We're just angry. A lot of folks in poverty, they're just angry. They don't even know why. Some of it's generational. Some of it's DNA. Some of it's just the economics in general, the lack of opportunity. Some of it's nutrition and exercise and daylight. Right? You know, they talk about people riding bikes and stuff and going for walks. It turns out that's an economic status thing. It's not a thing that happens... In more impoverished areas because of safety concerns. You're just in your house and thus you're forced to only be on your phone. It's fucked up to think about. Riding a bike is a privileged thing. People don't understand that. It's a privileged thing. Uh, going for a walk, privileged thing. And so, right, we go pretty angry. Uh, tomorrow we're going to watch, uh, long as everything's going good and we're not tired and me and Spence got time, we're going to watch a clip from the Watchmen TV series on HBO. We're going to talk about masking and anger. Ma masking the anger uh, within. And so that's something to keep in, in reference. When you're looking at this child, I got a human uh, I work with and, 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 uh, years ago, and they came in for an on-call one day, an emergency. And we sat down, we talked this and that. I said, what would the inner kid want you to do? 
He's like, I don't fucking know. He wanted me to do this or that. I said, oh, okay, well, we ain't becoming a fucking fireman. That's not, you're too old. I'm thinking of like, what would your inner kid do? So we talked about the inner kid playing and running around in the room. And that's when he started crying. When he starts, because uh, I'll be like, what did the kid version of you? Everyone thinks like middle school. I'm talking mom, like second grade you. First, yeah. second, third grade you before you're polluted. The studies show that people of color tend to drop out uh, mentally in school, second grade. So second grade and lower. And so we talked about that, and uh, later on we met again. He's like, don't you fucking bring up that kid shit. He didn't want to cry. Yeah. I'm like, how you doing, little motherfucker? I see him over there fucking up shit in the corner. I'm going to put my toys back, bitch. Oh <laughs> As a kid, like... My biggest lesson, wait, my mic's working. Sorry, it's Mary. working now. It wasn't for a second, yeah. but it's working now. I'm paranoid. It's, yeah, it's been a hassle. Um, but for me, so much of, I am like a control freak. And even though I present as very bubbly and like happy, I'm, it's actually anxiety ridden. And that is just <laughs> usually what moves people into me. <laughs> you know, that's like my mask. But I had to learn of like, oh, I've got to relax. And honestly, it was having kids that helped me realize of like, oh, sometimes we can just sit down and like play Play-Doh or do Legos. Like, oh, this is kind of fun and nice, you know, so I don't always have to be like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? But that was what I learned as a kid. So even starting to understand of like, oh, what are those rules and beliefs? Like, maybe I've kind of become an unhealthy parent to this kid how do i be a healthier version what does that kid actually need yeah that was your defense mechanisms to gain control and safety and predicting predicting the worst and trying to make the best happen and always being on guard so that was uh you know chaos responses and, and unpredictability uncertainty so what to do it fosters anxiety later in life uh it makes people like me and you hyper vigilant and so when me and you get presented with drama and chaos, we're like, fuck, this is this is normal. I'm cool with this. Everyone else, all the other people that, you know, ain't got no issues with trauma, you know, they're like, oh, my God, how are you not scared? I'm like, man, shit, shit, we about to eat dinner in here. It's a good time. Yeah, it's just another Tuesday. Kids like, uh, I almost said something inappropriate. Kids talking about hurting themselves or others, and we're reserved. We're calm. We're not freaking out. Where other clinicians or other teachers or parents, they'll be like, oh, my God, we're going to hospitalize this kid right now. This kid, I mean, I can't smooth, man. Um, you can tell when someone's a legit danger to themselves. Don't get it twisted. I do my protocols. I document everything. I ask all the questions. I safety plan it all. I'm not, I make sure I'm not being ignorant here. Um, but you can tell what's legit concern and what's passive ideation right what's old stuff what's new stuff other protective factors uh but you're right serena this, this control stuff it tends to happen uh i was talking to colin's wife heather she's now reeled in some of her control things in ocd and all that because the kid's kind of teaching it shit's just gonna happen and also you realize that it hurts you and others the control and the negativity and the nastiness and so you, you can't do it uh I wonder something. So let's say he created that world 
should just be, oh, his big thing was no rules. So I know it's been a while since y'all watched it. No rules. He wanted no rules. He wanted people to be free to express, create, whatever. But his buddy's best friend is like, we got to have fucking rules in this thing, man. There's some crazy shit going on in here. It's like, no, no rules. Yeah. This is the foundation that he said, no rules. But he's like, we have to do this. Um, so that's why they end up splitting because they had a difference in opinions. Um, that's intense. No rules. I just, he wanted any possibility to be available, but that's, that's wrong because if there's no rules, you know, people will like abuse that suspense, uh, moderating it for, uh, here for real sec, but cause I know you're big in video games too. What do you think about that? The no rules or. Like, do you get what he was trying to do? Or also, maybe you don't get it. Do you agree with it, not agree with it? I, personally, I understand it, don't agree with it. I thought there should be rules on things, because I don't trust humans. Yeah. I, I understand what he's going for, because as soon as we put rules in, that means we can just start banning anything that we want to or maybe deem unfit, and that kind of that doesn't leave any room for expression really um and i think that i agree with it somewhat of having no rules especially when it comes to like a video game because yes there are mm -hmm. going to be people that take advantage of that but then there are also going to be people who take advantage of making too many rules and that's i feel like that's a lot worse than not being able to express yourself in any way you can because there are going to be some people who want to express themselves in certain ways, but they can't do it because there are too many rules in place. Now, you can always go around rules. I understand that. But then you get punished for that. You get punished in some certain some way of going around rules. So I think there there could be a middle ground to it. Um, but at the same time, it's you have to have the right people. But like you said, like you don't trust people, but how do you trust the people that are making the rules though to not make even worse rules advantage. for other people? Yep. Right. So at least you have the opportunity to not, you know, you can go in certain places in a video game and it's, it's fine. There may be some dark and shitty things that people do. Um, but at the end of the day, you're making that choice to get to there. So if you make that choice, that's on you and what your conscience dictates instead of just people not being able to have a chance to get to that point at all. So that's why I kind of think about it. Any input, Serena, or no? I feel about the same as, as both of you guys. I, I, I think some general rules or some limitations, but in the same breath, kind of how Spencer said it too, it's like, Ah, but at the same time, then people can overdo it with rules too. So, yep, the regulations thing. I just thought about that. So technically, when the boy took over ownership, he did not limit any creativity. He created two rules: shut down Tuesday, Thursday, and then right. the other rule was no more of those fulfillment centers, no more of the company or corporate, you know, controlling things. So he got rid of those. So there was only two rules to create more equity within the game. And then to create less mental health concerns because you need to be in the real world. Uh, yeah. So he did stick true to the fundamentals of the game. Yeah. Um, let me look at this board here, some things that we wrote down. Uh, oh, so I want to see if Serena agrees with some of these things. And maybe Spence too. 
Wrote down the first metaphor was the therapist ADHD thing. Suspense, you know, I can get lost in some shit. I, you know, I get. We did it in the last pod where I was just talking, and Spence like, "What are we? What are we even doing anymore?" To be honest, that's like most of the pods. It's at some point you're just like, "Skip it to do." And you're like, I, "I have nothing for this. I don't know." Yeah, correct. How do I host this? Um, yes, yeah, skip it to do to you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I like to end things weird. One of my clients always says that to me. Like, why do you do this to me at the end of the session? I was like, I don't know. Bye. <laughs> end call. Oh, it's so awkward. She just stares at me, kind of scared. And I'm like, I don't know what I did. <laughs> uh, Serena, have you ever been in your office where you're just kind of bebopping around, either forgot what you said, you're looking for something, or you're they're asking you, were you paying attention? And you're like, oh, yeah. Don't be sad. Oh, yeah, you know. Try you that, know. you know. Don't you know? You shouldn't be sad, you know. Um, no, I'm just in Winona. <laughs> yeah. So give us some audio to see if your mic's working. Okay. Test, test. Yep. Is it working? Yep, yep. Okay, good. Yes, absolutely. One, I always vibe the best with the clients that go on a bunch of tangents. I'm like, oh, nice. Some of my speed, like we're going here, we're going there. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun for me. But at the end of the day, I mean, even outside of the, the ADHD, we're humans too. So I mean, there's even been days where it's like, I'm having a bad day. And I'm kind of thinking about my own stuff and then trying to be present with this person. So having to kind of practice my own skills of like, okay, we got to contain it, work on being present. I mean, there's, there's definitely times or I hate to say this, but sometimes I'm just like, uh, this isn't exciting for me. Like, come on, give me some, something juicy. We're just talking about this one thing. So even having to use my skills of like, come back to the present, focus back, focus back for sure. Um, so yeah, this is definitely something that I, I struggle with. A hundred percent. But I mean, that's where it's like I'm my own favorite client. I've got the skills. You just got to practice them. So just being yep. aware of like, oh, I'm I'm really distracted today, or you know, I've got some big feels going on. I'm gonna have to just work that much harder to really be present with them. Yep. I'm sure it's uh, even weirder these days with your, with your, with your buns yes. in the oven. The babies. So actually, the worst. Well, yes, I have uh, kicks now. I've had a couple where they've been talking to them. I'm like, oh, and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just suddenly got like a really big kick. And so I've actually inter interrupted session. But at the beginning, when I had morning sickness, that was when it was rough. Because there were a there were several times I was uh, with clients. Is my mic being weird? No, no, I'm doing like, this is me making the pukey noise. Oh, yeah, where I was like, okay, I'm going to throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up, don't throw up. Or I'm like, you know, just trying to like pinching myself. I'm like, just focus on that. Like, I there was definitely one client that I like mixed up a name. We were talking about somebody. They're like, no, I mean, this person. I was like, oh, whoops, like Friday brain or something like that. But realistically, I was just like, don't throw up right now. Don't throw up. <laughs> Yeah, that was the hardest. So you sure. want to have some fun from Serena? You should know this is that, you know, if you're cool with the kid, um, you know, you go after, at the end of the session, she's like, yeah, hey, you know, we wrapped up sessions. You know, do you take anything from today? And they say this or that. And just to let you know, I almost threw up on your ass twice. <laughs> so right you're lucky. 
Yeah, you yeah. you look you 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 lucky now. So you're like if you said I'm depressed and everything bad happens to me, you didn't get thrown up on. So you know, fuck you and have a good day. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> you know, if anything, you got that. I didn't throw up on you. You got so. that. See, you're blessed. Blessings. <laughs> Blessings. Uh, I actually did that with a student because I'm on this new medication now for like my blood sugar and stuff like that, and. uh I was just sitting there holding it, like, don't do it, don't do it. I was just breathing through it. Just breathe through it, nah, just breathe through it. And then afterwards, I'm like, yeah. So I almost threw up on you twice, Johnny boy. Uh, I would let you know the most I zone out is when after lunch, and I'm like in those 2 p.m. sugar slumps, and I'm like, oh, damn. Oh, oh, damn, kid. Say something, kid. Say something. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, I'm gonna just close my eyes and nod. I wonder if they'll notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, huh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Let me. I'm gonna visualize what you just. <laughs> Those are the worst. I'll start yawning and shit. And the kid, I'm like, it's not you, kid. I'm like, it is you. It is. That's definitely you. Uh, shit. Yeah, it's bad. So that's when I'm usually the worst is uh, after lunch. Um, if there's any like weird email that I get or like I'm in trouble for something or like a bill that's crazy. Uh, I've noticed that for Serena, the only way I can focus is if I just pretend like every everyone in the planet is dead. Like I, the entire galaxy is gone. And I'm just like, I'm done because I'll, I'll be stewing. On it. Sometimes it doesn't have to be crazy. I'll be stewing on my last client. Because we go clients back to back to back, and I'll be thinking about something. Sometimes I'll be thinking about something that me and Spence said on the pod, and I'll just start smiling. And I'm like, oh, shit, they're like crying right now. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I love that moment. Happened to me in group therapy the other day. I'm sitting there smiling about what the other kid just said. The other kid just sitting there talking about death. And I'm like, anyone just notice what just... Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're alive. Uh, what oh, were we just talking? Yeah. Oh, oh, Jesus. How's Bobby doing? Bobby's no longer with us. Okay. What are you talking about? I'm so sad right now. Like, I know. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, only other time, I think sometimes when I'm looking for books, checking emails, Serena never say a kid's name. Uh, when you're trying, t- I'm not talking about confidentiality. I'm talking about. Uh, I don't ever remember anyone's name. 99% of the time, I cannot remember my client's name in the room. And so I'll just say that person, your partner, or your friend, or which one? It'll be David, Rebecca, Johnny. I don't know the, you know the one. I remember the details and context. I don't remember the names. Um, literally, I will walk outside my office, forget the fucking kid's name, and walk out to the lobby and be like, the short one. Yeah. I just wave and they know I'll do one of these. And if I go comes to me having to write an email in the session, I remember their name if I go to write the email, but like as soon as it comes to seeing them in the lobby. Yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah. Sometimes you know what I struggle. Go ahead. Oh. I was just when I reschedule them, I panic because it's something that they're looking at me. 
And I'm always like, it's the pressure of them yep. looking at me. Watching. That mind will always go blank. And then I'm like, oh my God, what's their name? I don't know. So this is where I get caught is because I don't say anyone's name in the lobby. So sometimes I'll double book something or I'll fuck it up. And two of my clients will be there at the same time. Oh, hey man, let's go. And then two people will stand up. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> the one in the back, sit down. You <laughs> <laughs> ugly look him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this shit's weird, Spence. Like I just fucking suck at names. Uh, yeah, I feel that. And so I'd be like, you go back to my office. <laughs> you stand right here. <laughs> uh that's a thing. So the ADHD part, 100% good metaphor for probably anyone. And that was him trying to find the Easter egg. Mm-hmm. There was the metaphor for therapists, teachers, where he goes, congrats. Thanks for playing. Not congrats. He said, thanks for playing my game. I thought that was super sweet. Part of me was also like, do you want to play a game? <laughs> Yeah, you got your screen mask on. Or no, jigsaw mask on. Jigsaw, yeah. <laughs> Just scare the shit out of my clients. Uh, yeah. Huh. So that that's what I was thinking is uh, he's just so nice and so kind. And I'm sure many people think he's just weird and awkward as shit, but he's so kind and so lovable. Um, even though he probably doesn't like reciprocate that because of his neurodivergence. Um, I, thought, I thought that, how sweet it was. So thanks for playing my game. Thanks for seeing me, being with me. No one else does it. You did it. One person out of millions, billions. I thought that was probably the sweetest moment. More so than just a kid, romantic kiss at the end. Yeah. Uh, Actually, about, oh, sorry, Spencer, you go ahead. I was just going to make a joke. <laughs> Ew, intimacy. How dare you? <laughs> or as, we, as I pronounce it, because I cannot spell it. In Tamasi. In Tamasi. Or into you, I see. So, Serena, what were you going to say? Uh, moving on. Oh, I was going to say it makes me think about right now, because obviously I'm going to be going on maternity leave and then we're wrapping up the semester. So, there's quite a few kids I'm working with that are graduating or, Ending. you know. I'm not going to see for a while. So him being like, thanks for playing my game. I, I, I feel like I'm doing that right now with some of my clients of like, oh, we've come so far together. You know, this is our stopping point, you know, thanks for sure. I mean, someone I've worked with for so long, I'm so sad right now. I have like a, somebody I've worked with from like beginning of freshman and they're about to graduate. I'm just like, oh, and we're both equally anxious. And so we know the end is coming. Yep. And actually in our last session, we're like, uh, she's like, oh my God, the the next session is going to be our last. I'm like, it's future us problem. It's fine. She's like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> if so you, you better cry. It's okay. If she cries, you can cry. I don't think I can. Okay. I'm saying if she cries, then let it go. I, feel I usually do. I do the opposite. I do kind of like you, where I smile. I'm like the weird. Like I can't. Oh handle, my god, you're I one of those. Like, you're yeah. one of those that can't show oh, emotion. No. This is so sad. Oh. Yeah. You're like I want to die inside. <laughs> <laughs> I just get so. 
the, the, when we were talking earlier with the overwhelmed, you either go stoic or get really emotional. I do both spectrums of those. Yep. But in session, it's almost always more towards the stoic where I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. We'll just. Yeah. See, that's when you get in your bag of tricks and you go on full anime. It's just fucking, oh. <laughs> oh, that's you. Got it. So with me, I go, uh, I go real somber, real somber, real somber. I get real no, low, somber, so low, low, low frequency. Okay. Um, I like to slow down my speech, uh, soften my voice, and then I'll hit home some things, and then I talk about them, how I view them, uh, how most likely they were just so easy to love. Uh, and you're right, so very much uh, a good person, good human, and then they usually tank. And then, you know, they usually say some affirming things to me, and I'll tell them, this is a giveaway here for the folks that do watch this, uh, the world is yours. Go get it. Everything that you've ever wanted is there. You don't need me. You never did need me. I just helped you along the ride. And so know that you just have to be kinder, more patient. That's all I need you to do. Be kinder, more patient. And then they're crying, and I said, you're just a good person, and I'm honored to have known you and be with you. And so people will see me getting in my bag of emotions, and then they tank even more. I actually hugged someone the other day because they said they needed it, and I was like, I barely even hugged my best friend the other day. But this fucking kid was like, I need a hug. And I was like, would you like a bro hug after this? It's like, no, I don't want one. I was like, well, fuck you then. I didn't want to give it to you. Yeah, and then I, and then I offered it at the end, and he took me up on it. Um, so I like to do that same thing. As Spencer knows, in my old school, when I had to say goodbye, that was just a shit show of just people crying and walking up to me, taking turns. Jesus. Yeah, next one. Yeah, next one. Yeah. <laughs> it was intense. Like and then there's all of emotions. Oh yeah, one kid didn't cry with me, but she like knew my pops, so she cried with my pops, but she didn't cry with me. It was hilarious. Oh, okay. Then there was this other kid. Uh, that like doesn't cry at all. Just, I mean, they cry all the time. They just didn't do it in this moment when other people are crying. She's just sitting there vibing. Everyone else is just sobbing around her. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so broken? She's like, fuck you. <laughs> uh, endings. Thanks for playing the game. Last metaphor, and then we can get closer to wrapping up. Oh no, we hit that child in the room. Uh, yeah, child in the room. Keeping them around. Uh, the last last thing, funny thing, and this will all tag team on this, mm -hmm. is he talked about the real world. We already talked about that. Now I'm unplugging versus unplugging. Uh, unplugging versus being plugged in. Sorry. And he made a joke, and I think he made this joke because people like me, Serena, and Spence, you know, uh, uh, emotions. Blech. He's like, that's the only place you can get a hot meal. Obviously, he probably wanted to say other things, but he went on the hot meal thing instead of like emotional connection with friends or the woman that he wanted to date that his best mm -hmm. friend ended up dating and marrying, uh, which is devastating. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I thought was a funny metaphor for any weird people with emotions. I feel like all of us in here are weird with emotions. Like, yeah. Like I would day. honestly prefer someone to talk to me like in that, that way. Like I know what you're saying, but we don't we don't have to go all that way into the deep depths of the emotion, but of them just to acknowledge of like, you know, you can get a hot meal there. It's like, oh yeah, I guess there's some good stuff. 
Yeah. I would love to be have been Serena's uh, therapist because I would push you to some weird emotional breaking points and you'd be like, no, fuck you, man. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> and then one day you would just come in and cry or like you'd be like, yeah, I cried with my partner. Fuck you. <laughs> like you couldn't do this with me. My actually, I had a client that did it the other day. She's like, I'll never cry with you. I was like, I take this as a challenge. Yeah, I know. I try. I almost had her like twice, and she didn't do it. And she's like, Yeah, I cried twice yesterday. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, Spence. Let's talk about being weird and emotions, man. Oh yeah. Okay. Let me just talk about that. Um... Or you, or you and Dom, or you and like you and moms, other friends. I don't know. I don't mean you I mean, are because like I'll gas you up for one second and be like, yeah, I hope you die. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Tell everybody that you want to work with them and then just like <laughs> leave me behind. It's fine. It's all good. Um yeah. I want to tell you like, yeah, yeah, man, I'd love to work with you. You're like, nah, I'm good. Um, it's fine. All right. Just ask everybody else. I feel like that kid that, like, you know, you ask everybody else to your birthday party, and I'm just like, oh, can I come? You're like, I guess, sure. You know, if you want to. I guess there'll be room for you. Um, Yeah. I mean, emotionally, I mean, me and my mom, like, we've had like emotional moments, but we're pretty somewhat stoic, I guess, when it comes to emotions with each other, because it's like, my mom's like German Irish. She was raised just German Irish, and they are—they <laughs> do not let their emotions show unless it like bubbles up to yeah. the top. And so, usually, it gets to that point. Um, but with Dom, uh, she's usually the more <laughs> emotional one, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she's um, a little bit more broken. <laughs> okay. Sure. I can't wait for you to tell her that when she hears this. <laughs> She'll be like, yeah. She, I know she's going to be like, can confirm. She'd literally probably say, can confirm. She will say, can confirm. She's going to hear this and be like, damn it. <laughs> Shut it. He knows me too well. I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't cry a lot usually. It takes like certain things that make me cry. Yep. Thinking about certain people and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, yeah, that's where I'm uh, like, I usually try to understand um, some, like I've said this before, but like sometimes I may joke when like, I usually am cool about my jokes when it's appropriate. Like I know the moments, but sometimes I just take a little, you know, sometimes you got to take shots that you don't normally take, you know, got to do yeah. it. And so sometimes I do that. doesn't always work out, but I don't know. I'm I'm usually pretty. I'm a, usually a pretty chill person, unless you get me to a point where I'm just like, I don't like you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've also never seen you uh, shy away from an emotional, in depth conversation, and like get no. anxious and laughy. I've usually seen you. You've had it right on. Um, mm-hmm. Being pretty good with boundaries too, right? I had a little emotional, weird stuff a couple weeks ago. And Spencer's chatting it out with me, and I said, you know, thanks for listening. He said, I got you, man. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I looked away a bunch of the times because I knew if I was looking at him in the face, then I I would, uh, it would connect to some emotions and fear and all that with some other stuff. Everything's good now. Um, but, you know, so Spencer's usually pretty solid with that. Um, I'm usually pretty yeah. solid with it, too. 
I like to tease more when the people like need to be teased and they're more playful and like a little bit more avoidant, yeah. like Serena. Okay, though, I I do definitely challenge as much as I I mean, like I said, I'm one extreme or the other, but I've definitely kind of in my wisdom or or age or whatever it is, I have an understanding of like oh, the whole spectrum of emotions are important, even yep. those icky vulnerable ones <laughs> that sometimes you know are 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 maybe more painful, and it. Honestly, it makes me even think of a recent session. We were just talking about uh, one of my clients in a relationship and potentially having to end a relationship, not because the the relationship isn't good, but because of them having to move for a really yep. good opportunity. And one of the things they had said was, you know, I wish I wouldn't have even started it because this is so painful. And I just kind of challenged that. And I was like, the second part, but also the good part is what I've learned is that is that that's part of life too. I mean, as much as the happy feelings are are great, it's like the really painful feelings also I think are are such an important balance to it too. Cuz I mean, I know everyone says this, but it's like you can't you can't fully enjoy the good happy feelings unless Correct. you've had that balance of the pain and the not so happy feeling. So they're they're all important. So what he's saying of like you gotta experience the whole reality. Don't just escape because they're a little bit icky. And I am working on myself with this, guys. Good. <laughs> I am trying to sit in the icky feelings. Good. I uh, I got a human that's got a lot of loss, a lot of pain everywhere, every corner. It's just pain, pain, pain. And uh, yeah. you know, it, it's all tumultuous, and so it's hard for them to even strategize to see joy anymore. And I said, you know, everything that we technically do will end in this tragic ending because everyone will pass and friends will break up and you know, it will be tragic. But it's, it's as my father said, when we talked about the Irishman, it's the ride. Like we were just talking about this with the mobsters. It's going to end tragically. You're going to die or, or most likely die early. You're going to be shot and killed. Um, but it's my father said it's the ride. It's the rush for that moment to escapism from your poverty or whatever it was. But if you think about it, a lot of these things will end in tragedy, and yet we still get married, have kids, fail, try out for sports. It ends in tragedy for many of them sports because we can't no longer compete at the highest level. It's just a lot of tragedy. And you can stew in it and live in it, or you can decide to, like, it's really fun to chase it. I'm enjoying the, all the connections and community, the growth and learning. Um, I feel like if your student wasn't sad about it, then the relationship didn't mean much. Uh, so the tragedy, the heartbreak that you're feeling is the reciprocal of the love that you felt. Not everyone feels like that, uh, because they're not always devastated as much as they love the person, uh, cause there's other factors, but if you are devastated, it's because you love them so much. I specifically noticed it more with my clients that were best friends than dated because now they only, and then they break up, they lose their best friend and their partner. Um, so those are the ones that are like messed up for months. And then it's hard to not text each other, not in a like toxic way where they're getting back together and hooking up. Just hard to not text your best friend. Um, you have to start from scratch. Uh, so you're right. Sometimes that tragedy stuff, sometimes moving the other way and emotions is scary. Emotions are a scary fucking thing. Uh, some of us are weird for it. Some of us are quit for it. Some of us aren't. Growth and wisdom, though, Serena, it helps with all of it. Uh, age. 
Intelligence and wisdom are not the same thing. Wisdom is gained through experience and age. It's gained through like failure, trials and tribulation. That's wisdom. Uh, reading a book, that's not going to give you wisdom. That'll give you knowledge, not wisdom. Wisdom is wisdom is through pain. You're like, huh, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> but maybe I'll just call him back real quick <laughs> just to oh, see. Oh, no. Yeah, I fucked that one up. <laughs> nope, nope. Won't take yep. back. Okay. No He's back. still toxic as shit. Oh, and uh, I've been uh, banned from Facebook. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, yeah. They flagged my Tinder profile. Well, <laughs> yeah, we get back on there. Yeah, we we'll get back on there. Just, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, so, uh, okay. <laughs> The only thing that we didn't really touch is uh, neurodivergent stuff. We touched on some of it. Um, probably leave it at that. Uh, diagnosis for him, uh, autism spectrum disorder, um, probably social anxiety disorder uh, for the creator of the video game. Um, treatment for him would have been just working through anxiety, working through intimacy and relationships. So just a support sounding board, probably also if they didn't know that they were neurodivergent, to explain what that is and how that's affecting them and impacting them. And then trying to work through more of the socializing if he or they wanted to, um, because they might not have wanted to, they might've just wanted to be in their own world and making sure they're not taken advantage of. Uh, that's a big thing with probably someone like him that seemed a little bit more naive on things. Uh, and folks could ask, why is he neurodivergent? Why is he on the spectrum? Um, speech, how he interacted, uh, how he itemized things and memorized things, how he ordered things, how he wrote everything down. There was just a lot of precision, OCD, obsessive things, uh, a lot of hyper-focused things, not being in reality, being dissociated, poor eye contact, um, and not because of anxiety or PTSD, just because he was zoning out doing his own thing. He would visualize things, uh, replay things in his head, right? There was a lot of different symptomologies that he had that were not severe and disabling, um, but shows that he was a uh, neurodivergent, uh, probably ADHD as well. So it would just be support, sounding board, validation. Um, for everyone else, I would also say that it most likely has trauma because most of the things that he talked about were traumatizing because he was completely isolated. So that's part of the picture too. Um, and then he lost his best friend and then he, he never got the chance to date his, his love of his life. So there's trauma in there. Um, so I would say treatment plan uh, for Spence, because this is how we end, would be identification, greater mm -hmm. understanding, support, and just processing. Support and processing would be the only two things, but there would be no like, you know, we're going to stop you from doing this, and we're going to do only this, and we're going to talk to these thoughts with those thoughts, and we're going to role play this. It would just be processing what the hell's going on, and him saying a bunch of weird mm -hmm. random shit, and the therapist trying to put it together. Yeah. It's like my kids when they're like sitting in the chair and they just start like doing all these weird pencil things. They're putting their legs here and there and they're, and they're laying on the floor now playing with all the toys. The fucking toys are flying everywhere. I'm just like, I let them do the thing. Like we got gymnasts in this. Oh, yeah, 100%. Sometimes they'd be sitting in a chair, some of these kids. I'm like, how the fuck do your legs even do that? I don't even <laughs> understand. Uh, you can't put your even... legs in a pretzel. My legs are too even... damn big and too yeah. torn. To be yep. doing that anymore. Too torn. I can't even fucking bend over anymore. The kids are doing all types That's of crazy shit. I really shit. hurt my Achilles. I wasn't even trying to play basketball. I was just <laughs> putting them in a pretzel. And just... <laughs> yep. Was a mustard on it? <laughs> no, 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 no. 
I'm sorry. Right. My ADHD Once and all. Uh, you said, you no, said pretzel. No. I thought of eating, not your leg, a pretzel. On that I note, mean, we're going to uh, end the show. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> just stop it. All right. So thank you, everybody, for watching. Thank you, Serena, for joining us today. Blessings. We can't hear you, but if you want to give your gamer tag. <laughs> she, well, she doesn't even play the gamer tag now. She's feeding life and her dumb. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, didn't hear that. But you know what? We're going to move on. She's on Twitch. We'll probably put it in the description if she ever gets to it one day. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> thank you, Nasir. Um, please go buy our merch. They yes. have good merch. It looks they good do. as hell. I have. Yes. Good. Yeah. It's good. Sensual. Good. Some friends of mine bought it too. So why not join them? Right? Yep. Why not join? Um, and then also please like our page, subscribe, do all the things that you're supposed to do as a fan because you love us. You love us. You want to stalk us. That's like that far. Okay. Sorry, it's like no no because no, people no. will do that. I know. Please do not. I, I mean, I'm yeah. not exciting, so. Please do not. Please don't stalk us. They're definitely going to stalk you now. That's fine. Um, so, Holy Serena. Thanks for watch. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, this is a different Specialist podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. Much love. Peace. Uh, damn.